Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, the Nintendo World Championships return, a new new 3DS approaches, and switch in stock at GameStop. I say that three times fast. Switch, switch and stop at GameStop. Switch and stop at GameStop. Switch and stop at It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, we sort of said it three times fast, right? <laughs> yeah, we muscled our way through it one way or the other. I think it fell apart in the middle of the first one. <laughs> yeah, so not that great, all things considered. Switch in stock at GameStop. We got through the important part. I think it's a good tongue twister. I think so, too. We should add it to the list of tongue twisters. Yes. Who keeps that list, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just, you know, one of those cultural things where we all just kind of agree on the list. Do you know what I mean? Sure. You're saying there is no official list. Yes. Right. I bet there's a Reddit about it somewhere. Oh, probably. Uh, weather report? Um, Surprisingly cool. Surprisingly cool. I would say. Uh, comfortable. Like, it's, uh, it was warm yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday I mean, I'm Sunday. Agre- I'm agreeing. I, I, uh, that matter sound sounded like I was agreeing with you. Mm. I, of course, was not here yesterday, so I that wasn't. A, I don't want to be called out as a liar, right? Right. I, that wasn't agreement. Right. It was more like a hmm, you know, like there was a question attached to that. I see. So you think I'm a liar? No, no. <laughs> I was. I was like, oh, tell me more. That's what I was trying to get across. I see. I understand. Uh, our guest weather today is Seoul, South Korea. Seems like it's raining a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, 70s, 80s. Lots of thunderstorms. Lots of thunder. Big ups to our listeners into Seoul, South Korea. Uh, do they have a rainy season? Is that what's happening right now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, but I I don't won't know venture either. a guess. No. <laughs> Mark, thank you for not venturing <laughs> guesses. Um, what, what have you been playing this week? So I didn't really play anything this week. I was out of town mm-hmm. um, visiting family. But one thing that did happen that I thought was interesting is... My parents have a like a GameCube, like the GameCube that I played growing up, and they also have like some other Nintendo hardware. Right, the Mitchell family GameCube. Yes, that's right. right. And it gets uh, occasional use when everybody's home and we're like playing some games. And I have a 11 year old nephew who, um, he like his parents they don't uh let him play video games that often. Like they don't own a gaming system. Sure. They're not really that interested in video games, so he doesn't have the opportunity to play them. They are obviously not as uh, formative for him as they were for me, but they are playing Super Smash Brothers Melee. The the one that's the one on the GameCube, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't know who Star Fox was. Which, wow. Well, which was weird to me at first, and I was like, "Yeah, there's no reason that you would." E- even somebody who was like a kid who was playing video games today, there is no real reason that you should know who Star Fox is. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that he's not super excited about Star Fox 2 on the Super NES Classic? <laughs> I don't even think he knows what a Super NES Classic is. Because he doesn't listen to this show. Oh, now see, that's a problem. It is a problem. We need 11-year-olds. If there are any 11-year-olds listening to this right now, get your other 11-year-old friends. Yeah. Like, get them to come over. 
or Skype with no, him? No, Patrick, no. No? no. <laughs> oh, 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 you mean come over to... No, not not to my, not to the studio here where we're recording. Yes. I don't want 11-year-olds here. No. There are too many things that could be easily broken. Uh, I have not been playing that much either. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah and I continue to play Overcooked, um, and that is a super fun game. Uh, I also, I played, uh, this is not Nintendo, but I played Hellblade this weekend. Oh, how was that? It was very intense. In a positive way? Uh, I don't know. So it, it, it's a really cool, we, we can talk more about, it's a decidedly not Nintendo topic, um, but the game, it was emotionally trying, um, and I was playing it with some friends over, and, you know, one, one of them, uh, prior, previous guest, Ryan Mogi, got, like, kind of sick to her stomach at one point and like the whole i think it just put everyone in like a weird headspace for the rest of the weekend fun yeah it's a <laughs> it's a great it's a beautiful game um i also uh put a little bit of time into oh you know what well i'm gonna save that i'm gonna save this i put a little time into something but i'm gonna save this conversation i'm gonna save it okay great all right, uh, Mark. Let's. Uh, that's that's what we've been playing this last week. Let's talk about what is coming out this next week, and therefore what we might be playing this next week. It's new releases. So before we talk about what is coming out this week, let's talk about what didn't come out last week, which is basically a new seg- like a continuing segment of our show. Right. Where we lied about what was going to come out last week. Uh, I will say we were misinformed. <laughs> yeah, and then passed on misinformation. And, and, and then passed on misinformation. <laughs> um, Sign Mora X did not come out last week on the Switch. I, of course, it didn't. Um, I'm pretty sure I prefaced last week saying that I did not believe it was coming out on the Switch. You did, even yes. though it was listed as a new release. It, of course, did not come out. Mm. It is supposed to come out sometime this summer still. So gives them about a month to do so so it just goes in the pile with pocket rumble and stardew valley and yeah like a handful of other games Mm -hmm. that have like a nebulous summer release date uh but there was a surprise release on the switch eShop last thursday and that was severed yeah longtime listeners of the show will know you picked up on the 3ds i believe right and the wii u yeah oh that's right was it it was cross by that's right which is like the only there are very few Nintendo games that are cross-buy across multiple platforms. Um, and the Switch version, I guess, is the exception. I don't automatically own it because I bought it on, the, on one of the other two platforms. Um, what a cool game, though. Uh, the, the one thing that I'm a little worried about it uh, for being on Switch is that it's an it's a exclusively touchscreen game, right? Um, all of the combat is done by swiping around on the screen. And and that is true on Switch as well. That is true on Switch as well, yeah. It cannot be played in TV mode, um, only in handheld mode. Um, and on both Switch and 3DS, uh, you're playing, obviously, with a stylus, which I found to be, like, a, a cool, like, kind of extension of the character's weapon. Like, she's swinging a sword around uh, within the context of the game. And I guess it originally came out on Vita, so like that it's not, you know, it would have been a finger swiping thing. Um, but I don't know for whatever reason, touching it with the tip of my finger versus like swiping with a a stylus feels different to me. Did the Vita have a like t- touchscreen on the front, or was it just the touchpad on the back? It had both. 
Oh. Front touch and back touch. It was like um, the Homer, like that car. Is that yes. what it was called? Yes, it, yeah. was, it was a lot like the Homer <laughs> in that episode of The Simpsons where Homer discovers he has a long-lost uh, half-brother, Herb, who, who runs a Herb automotive or something <laughs> and then designs a horrible car. That's the Vita. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I, I um, picked Severed back up to just like play it with, uh, with my finger and it confirmed my fears that I, I didn't like it as much without, without a stylus. Do you think that is because you had played the stylus version before? Almost certainly, yeah. Um, but it, it's a super cool game. If you're looking for things to play on your Switch and you haven't been uh, plugged into indie releases on um, the other Nintendo platforms, like pick up that game. It's a, a super cool and not all that long experience. You can get through that game in about um, seven or eight hours. The surprise release of it on Thursday bugged me. Because I don't understand what the point of a release, like a stealth release like that is. But also, it's maybe just my ignorance. Like, maybe uh, having release dates announced ahead of time, you know, like weeks ahead of time or something, doesn't affect the sales of games on the eShop. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're still figuring that out, especially on, like, the Switch eShop, which has got to be a different you know a different economic environment than all the rest of the like the PlayStation Store, or Xbox Live or whatever. Um but I, the 3DS and Wii U versions were the same way. That they just like appeared um and it was a surprise. If you go back and listen to our like third or fourth episode, I'm like eh, this game just showed up. Um so yeah, maybe that's just Severed's MO is it just shows up whenever it does. Yeah, I guess I just wish there was more clarity. <laughs> and partly that's because we do this show and every week we talk about games that end up not being released sure, or that oh, we didn't know about. We're part of release. the problem, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just wish there was more clarity in when things are being released. Sure. Um, and the, as a consumer as well. Uh, and of course, the drumbeat of new Splatoon 2 content continued mm-hmm. this weekend with the release of the Splatbrella. Um, it's a new weapon that also like can be a protective shield because you open it up like an umbrella. So when when do you have you? I trust you haven't had an opportunity to play with it yet. Yeah, I haven't yet. Um, or it comes out this weekend or came out this last. It weekend? came out this last weekend. Got it. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah. excited to give it a go, but I haven't had a chance yet. <laughs> and then uh, yesterday, the Rayman Legends Definitive Edition demo uh, was released on the Switch eShop. Uh, this is what I was saving. Oh, I, nice. I played through the demo because um, I uh, really enjoyed Raymond Origins. Rayman Origins. I said Raymond. Like I <laughs> Everybody loves Rayman. Everybody loves Rayman. Um, I, I, I had previously played um, Origins and you know wanted to give Legends a shot. And it seems like a solid game. I've never played a Rayman, Rayman game before. Okay, why are we doing this, Mark? <laughs> what is happening? It's like one of those words that you say it. And then you're like, that can't be right. Yeah, but I also feel like it's one of those soap. words that... Like soap. 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 S- soap. Yeah. Rayman. Soap. I just... You know how uh, sometimes when you hear someone talking about, like, Pokemon, for example, and they're just like, Pokemon, mm-hmm. or like, just like the, the subtle mispronunciation of it, where you're like, why, why are you insisting on getting it wrong? <laughs> um, I feel like that's what we're doing. It's Rayman, right? Rayman. 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 It has Rayman. to be Rayman. Right. Rhymes with Ray-Bans. Yeah. Sort of. It's a soft rhyme. <laughs> I played through the demo. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. I don't know that I'll pick up the game when it actually comes out. Um, 
but it, it I think it's gonna be thirty dollars, which definitely does sway me more towards yeah, that's not bad. Wanting to pick it up, I've I think I literally, d- I can't remember if I said this out if I said this out loud thirty seconds ago, but I've never played. Yeah, you started to a Raymond game before, <laughs> and so I don't know. I don't really know what it is. I mean, it's it's a side-scrolling level-based, um, like kind of Mario as platformer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That increases my interest. Yeah, and it's got good, um, like it segments off. It's like fast-running, uh, parts that are more like obstacle coursey with uh, levels that are a little bit more like exploration-based. I mean, it seems like the balance is is uh cool and I- intriguing. I, okay. I would I would encourage you. To check out that demo, available now. Well, speaking of wanting to go fast, today, August 15th, is, of course, the release of Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania! Uh, it's, it's kind of the perfect name for Sonic. Yeah. You know, who's like the blue raspberry of uh, video game characters. Now, when you say the blue raspberry... It's radical! It's very oh, I, 90s, I see, I see what you're you know? saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sonic Mania comes out today. Now, uh... You you and I are going to be having a, a conversation about Sonic more abstractly on Thursday. That's right. Because um, you neither you nor I are big Sonic fans. We've never I haven't really played Sonic games. I was a Nintendo kid. I never got Sonic. I never understood um that type of platforming. Right. Uh so we're bringing in someone to explain Sonic to us. That'll go up uh this week Thursday. So check back in for that and then we'll probably do a whole thing about Sonic Mania. Unless we both hate it for the week after. <laughs> yeah, I, but I'm definitely picking it up because I uh, am determined to try to figure Sonic out. Right. And I have no interest in 3D Sonic. Mm-hmm. And so and so Sonic Mania seems to me like a great entry point. Yeah, we'll see. I'm very excited to find out. And then also on the 15th is Troll and I. Now, this is a game that came out on other platforms in March. Uh, and was widely panned as a uh, bad game. Well, good thing it's getting a physical release as well as a eShop release. Wonderful. It's got like a 40 on Metacritic. So, And then on August 17th, on Thursday, the 3DS eShop is getting Chicken Wiggle. Okay. Chicken Wiggle uh, is from some of the developers of Mutant Muds. Um, and Mutant Muds is a very like simple uh, 2D like platformer puzzle kind of um, game. Which and I believe is coming to the Switch, or has been teased for the Switch. Yeah, if they, not officially announced. They showed they showed the game running on on Switch, kind of on, on that same day that oh, what was the other Super Meat Boy? Super Meat Boy was announced the exact same way. Um, yeah, so uh, that game is also coming to Switch. Uh, oh, this one is not though. This is a 3DS uh, game, but it looks to be very similar in its a um 2d platformer with kind of puzzly elements and looks fun and kind of cool i'm definitely gonna check that one out do you out. think it's supposed to be a pun on chicken not supposed to be do you think it is a pun on chicken little uh maybe and and that's what i love about it that right? that you love it's not that like it's like a an pun. in your face pun <laughs> it is it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, like my rhyme earlier about ray-bans yes it's a soft pun <laughs> yes um but uh in the game you play as a chicken that has a worm on his back named Wiggle. So it's like Banjo-Kazooie. It's like that naming convention. Gotcha. Um, and then also on the Switch eShop on Thursday is the Jackbox, Jackbox Party Pack 1 and the Jackbox Party Pack 2. Switch in stock at GameStop. <laughs> and then the Neo Geo game is Magician Lord. 
Mm, okay. Um, any of that strike your fancy? Are, are you interested in the Jackbox games at all? Or I, they're a part. Their party game collection is that what they are? Yeah, I, I think they're based on that computer game. You don't know Jack. Ah. Uh, uh, and I, I've never actually played one of these party packs before. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, but I, I don't I, know. I, I, the Switch is a good like application for that kind of game, though, right? It is. I don't think it's something I would buy blind. I would want to like play it at somebody else's house and understand what it is before I purchased it. Right. Before I don't purchase it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. It's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you wanted to talk about trampoline places? Well, so I went to one of these, like, fun zones. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I can't remember exactly what the name of this one was. It had extreme sports in the title. <laughs> but basically, it's one of those, area, like, uh, places places of business where it you go and there's just a bunch of trampolines or different like obstacle courses and like foam pits that you can jump into uh-huh. and things like that. And it is like specifically for adults? No, I mean it's like ad- adults and children. It's for everybody. It's family. It's family fun. Sure. Okay. So what do you do at a trampoline place? So it's a Also lot- is that the best terminology we have? I don't know. I mean I feel like fun zone. <laughs> That that feels like the branding term, right? Yeah, it does. Um, so basically, you well, this one, a lot of them. Let me start with a full sentence, please. This one, they had a lot of trampolines, and it seems like the kind of trampolines you would practice tumbling on for like gymnastics. Sure, like uh, kind of long ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And more like less like the trampoline you would just see in somebody's backyard, and right. but then they also had tramp tramp. Trapeze? Trapeze. <laughs> okay, like the swinging things yes. with bars? Yeah. yeah. That Dick Grayson's parents died on? Yes, okay, those good. exactly. And so you'll like swing on those and then fall into a pit. <laughs> a foam pit. A right. small but distinct difference. <laughs> right. It's not, it's not a bottomless pit that would kill you in Mario. You know, or, or pitfall. And then there's like ba- uh, balancing, like balancing bars and rock walls and then like dodgeball with... Um, uh, like trampolines all around. Okay. So you know you can like like throw yourself against the wall and then bounce back type stuff. And then there was also like a America nin- America's Ninja Warrior mm-hmm. course type thing. So what? Um, it's basically like an area where you can like try to do all these things, like do flips and you know like uh try to cross a pit, doing like monkey bar style, like all that kind of stuff without fear of like breaking your ankle. Although I'm sure that happens all the time because when we walked in. There was a guy with his foot up on a stool, like, icing it. Oh, yeah. The liability insurance on that place has got to be horrendous. Um, so what wh- what did you do? Like, you, you don't strike me as a particularly... Like, you're semi-athletic in that you run. Uh-huh. But, like, I don't think of you as, like, a uh, let me tackle an obstacle course, let me play on the jungle gym kind of guy. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I did all the stuff. Right. But, um, oh, uh, and it, it was fun. Like, I enjoyed myself. I, it smelled terrible. Mm. And, like, you fall into the foam pits, and it's just, like, 
everybody's sweat and odor oh. has, oh. you know, been oh. like absorbed by it. And how do you clean giant pieces of foam? You don't. You don't even bother. You probably don't even replace them. Not unless you have to. I bet it's weirdly expensive to replace them. I bet like a piece of foam is probably like eight bucks. Oh, that's so much for foam. It's too much for foam, but foam is expensive. Did you ever go to like growing up? There was a place called like DZ or Discovery, Discovery Zone. Zone. Yes. Did you go to one of those? I feel like their life was very, very brief, or maybe just the one in our town was brief. I mean, their their life was brief. There was a Discovery Zone in Gurney, Illinois, close to where I grew up. Uh, that I think was a not Discovery Zone branded play place first, then was a Discovery Zone, and then went back to being a differently branded play place afterwards. Um, and we used, th- there was a, a period of maybe like three three years is too long, uh, probably like a year and a half, where like everyone's birthday was there. Um, so yeah, like it got to the point where I I knew my way around that like tube maze and. You know, we had, like, intricate games that we would set up um, that, you know, because at that point, it's not fun to just, like, be in it anymore. You have to have, like, a game of freeze tag or, like, capture the flag or whatever. Um, and I remember loving those things. Do, do you think that, that that's what, like, this is the grown-up equivalent of? It or? kind of feels that way. But when you were talking about that, or, like, I also had friends who had birthday parties at Discovery Zones. And birthday parties have to be one of those, like, sneaky costs that you don't consider when you're like a, a parent mm. you know it's like one of those like uh costs of having a child that you don't really consider when you have a child right you're sure. like oh so diapers <laughs> food do, do you mean uh, having a minivan instead of your smaller car do you mean that like the actual expense of throwing a party there or do yeah, you mean like yeah. the you're fact like, that your day is shot no no, no it's, sorry yeah i mean the actual monetary okay. expense because it has to be a couple hundreds of hundred of dollars, hun- couple hundreds of dollars. It's got to be at least two hundred dollars. <laughs> well, here, here, oh well, well I guess we I guess we'll, we'll never, never know. know. <laughs> we'll never know how expensive that was. We were accompanied today by an uncredited orchestra at Hunter College. I'm so. gonna go out and go ahead and say Hunter College Orchestra. Um, I I wouldn't go that far. It it's clearly a student conducting them, so it's. It, it's and it maybe it's in like the cafeteria. It's unclear to me. Mark, let's get to the news. So all GameStop stores are going to be stocking Switch consoles without having to buy a bundle. Hey, uh, this week for the first time since since launch. Uh, yeah. So every GameStop will at least be getting five Switch console units. Um. They might be gray, they might be neon, they might be, you know, like the stores might get two of each and three of the other or what have you. There's no guarantee, Mm -hmm. but each store will have them. It's the first time that's happening since launch. And I think we're we're just seeing more of that uh, anecdotally. I'm I'm seeing people post pictures of uh, you know the switch selection at their local Walmart or Target. Um, And I was at uh, the Best Buy in Glendale on Sunday. Returning, uh, recycling some electronics because I love the planet, and they had a bunch of uh, of switches um, behind the counter, just like sitting there waiting to be claimed. Yeah, that that's great. It feels like we're finally seeing, you know, stock begin to improve. Mm-hmm. Like Nintendo said, it would around this time, and they also said that going into the fall, production would get even larger. So it'll be interesting to see how that works you know like maybe leading up to christmas yeah we might see 
availability improve, which is really cool because it seems like they uh, are finally able to kind of get into the hands of people that want it without having to pay for like the terrible bundle prices and things like that. And without having to be crazy about it, right? Like I I think there's, even when Switches have been like kind of available in the last month, you still have to be like on top of your game, right? You still have to be like going to stores within the first like hour or so that they're open. And I think that's that's changing. So you don't have to be a, a maniac in order to get one of these things. So if you are interested in trying to pick one up at GameStops, they become, you know, I it seems like they're going to be um, available as GameStops receive them. So that's starting today, Tuesday. Um, I'm probably some will receive them on Wednesday, and then by that point they'll probably be sold out. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, of course, this is not news. If you are well prepared, because you're of course listening to this at midnight when it comes out, so right. and then going back and uh, subscribing and sharing mm-hmm. and rating, yes, right. You unsubscribe every week and then resubscribe because that is. I don't know that that helps us. <laughs> <laughs> I would say if your goal has been to. unsubscribe and resubscribe every week i would say don't do that i would say instead maybe review the show or uh get a hold of someone else's phone and subscribe them oh yeah there we go we are we are promoting that definitely do that that sounds like fun to me yeah then you'll have something to talk about with your friends (laughs) last week nintendo surprised everyone with the reveal of a new 3ds xl samus edition it's samus it's beautiful um i love this i love the look of this thing uh, so much that I ordered one. <laughs> is this a uh, new 2DS XL where you're ordering it and not planning on picking it up? Or are you planning on picking it up? Uh, I am planning on picking this one up uh, to the tune of uh, it's being mailed to me. Oh, wow. So I don't have a choice on this one. Yeah. I, I let my new 2DS pre-order go and expire and some other child has it or some other child, not me. <laughs> a child that is not me <laughs> has it. Um, uh, but this one is is coming directly to me, um, because I that's that's gonna be my like 3ds legacy system. Um, that'll be like the one that I carry forward, uh, until it stops working. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited about it. It's got like uh the graphic of Samus like kind of leaning back, um, and like blasting stuff. Well, and she uh, it's like black, mm-hmm. and then the console itself, like the graphic is black, but the console the top of the clamshell is red right and the bottom is like that purple color right is it i thought it was black as well i mean maybe it is i i I don't remember it's like it's it's cool metroid colors i'm very excited to have i mean like a piece of um metroid like uh a a metroid product is so rare as it is um it's cool that it's like a, a piece of of gaming hardware yeah it's been really fun to see like the uh reemergence of metroid yeah you know like after lying low for a long time after other m just to see it like back like the reveal the positive reaction to the reveal and then the positive previews of the game Mm -hmm. samus returns itself and then to see like it being supported with this really cool looking special edition console yeah is just it's really fun it's really exciting even though i don't think i'm going to be picking this up it still has me like really more amped for the game like it like that excitement is building around it. Your uh, th- uh, 3DS is a Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's from like the year of Luigi. Yeah. Um. This will this will be the first like game specific console or handheld I've ever purchased. Um. 
I think that's right. I, well, my Vita was white because it came with um, Assassin's Creed Liberation. Sure. Is that the name of a Why Vita not? <laughs> Assassin's Creed game? So that was that was at least like a, that it was in that color for that reason. But I'm I don't know. It's I'm actually excited to have something with like a specific game emblazoned on it. So the new 3DS XL Samus Edition comes out on September 15th, the same day as Metroid Samus Returns. Makes sense. And speaking of Samus Returns, there was some question last week about the Amiibo exclusive fusion mode that we discussed. Mm -hmm. Turns out that it's not the only hard mode in the game as there's a hard mode that unlocks to all players after they beat the game for the first time. Mm -hmm. Fusion mode is a separate hard mode available only with the specific Metroid-themed Amiibo. I can't remember which one it was, but I'm guessing Fusion Suit. Uh, which Amiibo? Yeah. Um, so it's the, it's the Metroid Amiibo. Oh, okay. Right. There is no Fusion Suit Amiibo. There's the Zero Suit Amiibo. Oh, okay. Zero Suit Samus. Um, but yeah, so it's... Yeah, but the, the the point still remains that there is a like mode of the game that is locked behind the amiibo, but it is not the vanilla hard mode, right? Which will still be accessible after you beat the game. Yeah, that's right. Which is maybe less news and just more of a, a point of clarification, right? <laughs> well, I don't think anybody knew that that other hard mode existed. It's just I I agree with that. <laughs> I think it's so weird how much talk there has been about the hard mode in this game. Like I, we. I, I, I like name another game that we've talked this much about like difficulty modes. <laughs> well, especially because when you consider that what is it like less than forty percent of people who purchase a game actually see it through to completion. Yeah, and so and so the people who finish a game and then will also play a hard mode after that, it has to be such a small percentile of the actual game buying public. Yeah, and then here's a. Th- third hard or a, a second hard mode a third a mode, harder mode a harder mo- mode mode <laughs> the percentage of people that are going to play this thing is so narrow and those people probably are already have already have the uh or the amiibo the amiibo on the way yeah well and it, also if the amiibo is widely available right. i think it's less of a problem than if they're like super hard to come by but that doesn't really seem to be a problem with amiibo as much anymore uh yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. If it, if I if I were Nintendo, I would have no no way to guess how many of those things they should make, right? right. Like, like m- more than more than the Animal Crossing ones, probably more than Splatoon, pr- probably not. Yeah, like I I don't know, I don't know, I have no idea either. That's why we don't make those decisions. Nope. But if we were, we would be making them with... Poorly. Very poorly, yes. Another week, another third-party test game. So, woo, big ups for that. Uh, EA's first... Your big ups are getting sarcastic, Mark. (laughs) Well, the one for Seoul, South Korea is real. Uh, EA's first Switch game, FIFA 18, launches September 29th, the same day as other platforms. And, of course, EA's future support will hinge on that game's performance. In an interview with Edge, Executive Vice President Patrick Soderlund noted that he's a huge Nintendo fan, which seems to be a like prerequisite for third parties when they're talking about Switch support. They always are like, but we, we love Nintendo. Nintendo's great. We really appreciate what Nintendo's doing. It would be weird if they were like, we don't really care about Nintendo, <laughs> but we're going to try to put this thing out there. Uh, so he 
noted that he's a huge Nintendo fan before stating, quote, we have, a, we have to look at it from a resource standpoint, and at some point, the numbers become a factor. So for us, it's about supporting the platform, building technology for the platform, testing it out with big things like FIFA, and maybe a couple of others we'll see. And if they go well, I see no reason why we shouldn't have as, many of, as much of our portfolio on that platform as possible. I hope we get there. That would be my personal ambition. I hope we get there. So that's this is another buy FIFA if you want to see Mass Effect on this platform. What is he saying? I mean, even something like Madden yeah. would be a huge win. Um, Nintendo's in, or sorry, EA is in a interesting place in that you know they have their own engine the frostbite engine mm-hmm. that pretty much every major ea triple a studio is building off of at this point and so they would act it's not like they all build g- games off of unreal engine 4 right. where it's already has switch support they would have to build switch support into frostbite so I or they'd have to make Frostbite like switch compatible. So I understand that there definitely is a lot more potential, you know, like they would have uh the cost of doing so would be a lot greater than making a switch game for like um Square Enix who they mostly just use Unreal Engine Unreal 4, 4 at this point. Right, but I mean there's also the the other end of that where if they fix Frostbite for uh like switch to, to run on Switch, then it's kind of universal across all of their published titles. Yeah, absolutely. So, we... I, I don't know. I do not play a lot of EA games. There aren't a lot of EA titles that I'm excited about. Uh, Battlefront. That's EA, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that first Battlefront game. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I like Star Wars. Oh, yeah. That was... It was pretty fun. And the second one looks a lot better right like a lot more built out from the get-go right want to play that single player campaign <laughs> but yeah so i mean it would it would be great if for nothing else nintendo platforms haven't had a lot of sports games mm-hmm. uh for the last few generations and it would nice to it'd be nice to see that support kind of continue because mm-hmm. that's a huge market that nintendo hasn't been able to tap into for a few generations Nintendo is attending PAX West 2017, as they have in previous years. This year, they're holding some sort of panel on September 2nd. The description states only that it's, quote, a special Nintendo panel at PAX West 2017. So let the speculation begin as to what this might be. Metroid Prime 4 release date announced by the end of the year. Sure, great. Love it. <laughs> uh, no, I have I have no guesses here. September 2nd. That's very close. Yeah, and it, you know, it might not even be anything big. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could also be something like the reveal or more information about Breath of the Wild second DLC pack. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we see that much rumored or much speculated Mario Maker port or mm. new Switch version for Switch. Maybe some information about uh, the future of Smash. I feel like we're we're getting we are getting late into the Switch's life cycle to know nothing about uh new Smash. At this point, I'm almost starting to think that there will just be a new Smash game. Man, I I don't 
think, uh, yeah, I have a hard time believing that that will be the case. Here's the thing. I think it can be done without Sakurai. I think it could be, but I think they have the same, like, it's the same thing as with Mario Kart, where they built this huge kind of like amazing version mm-hmm. of Smash Brothers, and then it got released on the Wii U and nobody really had a chance to play it. Like the 3DS version got uh, a lot more love, like a lot more sales, but it's not that well regarded. Sure. I mean, that's especially true in like the tournament scene. Like if, if they're playing um, Smash Smash 4 at a like fighting game tournament, they're going to play the, the Wii U version and not the um, 3DS version. But I would, I would still be willing to believe that. And, you know, each Smash game is really like iterative on, on the one previous every, every one since, um, since Melee, right? Um, that it's just been like adding more, adding more, adding more. And, you know, if they were just to do a Wii U port of uh, a Switch port of the Wii U version, um, they would have to add something to it anyway. So, like, let's just get a new one. I mean, I think that you could just release, like, the DX or, like, deluxe version mm-hmm. with um, all the DLC characters. Right. And then wh- a couple of new, handful of new stages. You and think I think no you could just call it characters? good. No new characters. Call it good. Yeah, I, d- I don't know that you would, I don't know that you would have to. I mean, maybe you do, you know, like a Inkling Boy or Inkling Girl. Sure. You know, maybe you do or something. Or Judd the Cat. Yeah, like maybe you do something from Splatoon. Maybe you do something from ARMS. But I don't think you would need to do a lot. People are going to buy Smash Brothers on the Switch no That's matter what That's it is. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes sense to me that it'll be. But who knows? Really, who knows? Um, does, I'm just thinking about this for the first time now. Does Switch? Does Smash make sense on a Joy-Con? An individual Joy-Con? Yeah. Mm. I think I think that would be something they would need to crack, is make that feel good. They made it playable on a single Wii controller. <laughs> and it, w- it was not fun, right? but it was doable. Mm. And that has less buttons than a Joy-Con. So I do think it is doable. Yeah, it, it probably is doable. Throw, block, main attack. Yeah, yeah, I guess you don't really need that many buttons. All right. But yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what form Smash ends up taking on the Switch whenever it happens, which probably won't be at <laughs> PAX West 2017. But, you know, we've been wrong before. Like last week when we talked about the Sign More Axe release date. Oh boy, were we wrong. I wonder... What would you uh, say about um, like more DLC for like that? That could that could be an opportunity for Nintendo to be like, here are more Mario Kart tracks. Here are more uh, Arms characters. Here's more like here's bigger Splatoon stuff. You know, there, there's already these uh, games that have um, like it, this avenue for. Uh, DLC. What if this is just like a showcase for like the bigger pieces of DLC? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a big movement in gaming towards games as platforms mm-hmm. rather than standalone releases. And a game like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is, or like Smash Brothers on the Switch is a perfect. If they wanted to like stealth turn Super Mar- or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe into a kind of like service game, yeah, you could kind of totally do that. Because I don't know what, like, Mario Kart 9 looks like. 
yeah you know that where do makes we go it, from here that yeah. makes it um markedly different that it needs a whole new title like why not just keep releasing characters or pl- uh tracks for it it doesn't look like that's the route they're going but it totally seems possible if they wanted to mm-hmm. i think uh smash brothers is the same is the same way yeah i i i agree with all of that nintendo also announced the return of the nintendo world championships the last one was held in 2015 and before that it was in 1990 so there was a 20 a little bit shorter wait yeah, this yeah. time between <laughs> uh events the main event will take place in October 2017, but there will be eight qualifying events held at select Best Buys over four weekends leading up to the main event. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just uh, going to mention that I think it is interesting that uh, the game headlining uh, the Nintendo World Championships is Mario Kart 7. Yeah, that is 3DS. interesting. Um, August 19th and 20th is in New- is the qualifying event is in New York and San Francisco. August 26th and 27th, Chicago and Los Angeles, September 2nd and 3rd, Minneapolis and Dallas, September 9th and 10th, Seattle and Miami, and by select Best Buys, I mean Super Select, as it's one per city or region, really, since like I looked for the one in Los Angeles and it's in Torrance. Oh, do we want to go to that? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you're asking I if I want to go to Torrance. Torrance. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, big ups to our fans in Torrance. But not as big of ups as to Seoul, South Korea. No, no. S- slightly smaller ups. I don't know. Maybe we do want to go to that. We'll, we can talk about it. And finally, there... <laughs> well, that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, there were, as always, tons of new indie games announced for the Switch this week. Too many to list here, especially after my wrapping new, uh, newly announced titles went over so poorly. A few weeks ago. I don't know wh- where you're getting that. That went over poorly. No, that's one of our the dark moments of uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society history. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> no, we are not doing that. Right. No, don't even try. You didn't even like it that much. Uh, but it, all, these new indie, all these indie games being announced, you know, some of them are ports of older titles, like uh, we mentioned already, Mutant Muds and uh, Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also a lot of, you know, like games that are, have yet to be published that are being announced that having, for having Switch versions as well as PC and sometimes on other consoles as well. And it's really fun for somebody like me who I've never really dipped my toes that deeply into indie gaming before. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of great games that I miss, like I've talked about in the past that Cave Story, you know, I was exper- experiencing it for the first time on Switch. It really is like, in a lot of ways, feels like the new Vita, but in a yes. positive way, unless like a Homer the car type way. That's right. <laughs> Poor Vita Homer the car. <laughs> um, although if you touch the uh, the Vita back screen right in the middle, it did play uh, La Cucaracha. <laughs> so. That sounds right. I'm sure, and I'm sure some launch title incorporated that into the gameplay. <laughs> uh, but it also, re- all these titles being released, uh, especially like smaller titles that won't have huge marketing budgets, to me, really uh, underscores the need for a more robust eShop going forward. Yes. So as of the release of Sonic Mania this morning, there are 100 games on the Switch eShop. Sonic Mania is the 100th. Wow. Um, and uh, there is little to no order to that thing at the moment. You can sort by new releases, by bestsellers, and that's it. Yeah, I think you can maybe filter by like alphabetical 
great you know, not it, great you know like it's just th- uh there comes a point and i think where you've uh passed that point where you could release a game and just have it be lost into the void yeah like it'll be up there for a while but there's what maybe like 16 titles yeah before get, they start to get bumped out maybe yeah. less because i think it's uh sets of three right so oh, maybe, right. maybe there are like 12 or 15 or yeah something. and then like with the volume of new releases as it starts picking up, your game won't have very much time on that like front screen. And Nintendo has tried to take steps to alleviate this for games that you might potentially be interested in by creating channels in the news section. Mm-hmm. So you can follow games that you might be like seeing. Have, but there aren't channels for every new release. Like I don't know how you get a news channel. And yeah. It just becomes, I mean, we've talked about before, no store has solved this problem. No, discoverability is a problem on all platforms. But it, but right now, the Switch eShop doesn't even really have, like, the splash page that I think of in my head, like, the 3DS eShop has. Yeah. Where, you know, it has, like, the little squares with, like, new releases and, come and like, consoles or uh, titles on sale. And then just, like, some titles, some curator just, you know, picked. Right. And I think it needs... The e the eShop will need that. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. And I, I yeah, it's just, the, I there's a a weird mix of like, um, you know, quality like AAA titles on on Switch, and then like some kind of prestige um indie games, and then there's just kind of like, for lack of a better word, like it, they're not terrible, but like more or less shovelware like ports of uh you know kind of middling indie games, um that like i don't know i I understand that would be an insane hierarchy because then people just wouldn't buy those games in in the bottom category but like there just needs to be something to be like no i'm I'm interested in like the big you know flashy uh expensive experiences or i'm interested in like the smaller bite-sized experiences and just like navigating that way because i i think those are the kinds of uh experiences people are looking for on this thing right and um just being able to search for them I think would help. But I do think it's encouraging just in general mm-hmm. that so many title indie titles are being announced for it because I think that means that people who have released indie so far are seeing success on yes. the platform. And that's good news. And we'll probably only see more of that as these things continue to fill the shelves. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Sh- and you're talking about like those kind of like lower tier, sometimes like shovelware titles and I feel like up front, we haven't seen too much of that. Like most of what's been released with some few exceptions, none yeah. of it's been really terrible. But in a lot of ways, I think shovelware is a sign of a successful platform because people want to put games on it, even bad games, because they know they will sell. Yeah, yes. And we'll definitely see more of that going into the holiday and into the new year and all of that. Just it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for Switch. Mark? Let's move out of the news. All right. I think, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's going to do it for this episode. I think, I think it is. So on Thursday, come back to us, baby, because we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a primer on Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I, I'm kind of... Uh ready to put our guest you know on his heels a little bit like hot make, seat make him hot seat. convince us mm-hmm. right defend sonic the hedgehog why should we care right after years of not really caring 
So that's what you're going to get two days from now, also two days after Sonic Mania actually releases. It's maybe not the most timely thing we've ever done. But I still think it's good. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you like this show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Um, if you like this specific episode, uh, please feel free, 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 feel free to share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, it doesn't matter if you think you've just got like a little reach or no one's listening. We appreciate it. Um, we are on Twitter at NinCart Society. You can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. And if you ever want to send us an email, you can always shoot an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo, and our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can check out 8 Betty's music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying big ups to Soul. Thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?